Hello everyone, it's Birdcast, the only podcast that is filmed inside a live aviary. As you can probably hear behind us, we have a couple of birds and things. And we have our guest, uh, Birdman Dad, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi everyone, Birdman Dad. Alright, so we're going to ask you a few questions here today. Fine. Yeah, okay, alright, so this is the first question. How many birds do you have, and how many birds do you think you've cared for in your life? Oh, okay. So, yeah, that being a tough question. So, look, um, probably hundreds over the journey, I would imagine. So, we've kept anything from a young age, from finches, parrots, cockatoos, macaws. um, And then, obviously, in the last five to seven years, we've really gone back into our finches. They are the love of keeping birds i really enjoy the finches they're always on the move they're always doing something different so hard to put a number on it but we've kept many 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 species of birds wow okay that's very interesting all right what is your favorite bird and why my favorite bird so one of the favorite most favorite birds we have here in our collection would be the blue cap finch um well why the blue cap what what is that um There's a funny story that goes with it. So years and years ago, I attended a finch auction. Um, I was just getting back into finches. I'd never been a a big finch keeper. But I went to an auction and I had seen the blue cap finches um, obviously on the internet or in books and things like that. And I knew they were hard to sort of get hold of. In um, Western Australia, especially even in Australia, there was only a few people that were breeding them at the time. So I remember going to this auction and asking someone um, if I might be able to speak to someone or knew of anyone that would have blue cap finches and I could, um, you know, buy some some young birds. I always remember going up to an old guy that had like a, a tag on his uh, pocket. So he was something to do with the auction. And I said, look, excuse me, would there be anyone I could talk to um, in keeping blue blue caps or would have blue caps? And I remember him turning around looking at me and saying, listen, Sonny, you'd be probably better off to concentrate on zebra finches. So that was the thing that probably prompted me to go out, source some birds, which I did. I was lucky enough to find some up in Queensland. We got them down, freighted them down. Um, and then... Over the next few months, probably six months to 12 months, we started breeding these blue cap finches. And so now we've been breeding probably anything up to seven, eight pairs, uh, breeding well. We've, we've probably bred hundreds of blue cap finches over the journey. Um, so they are definitely one of my favourites be- because of the challenge the old guy put to me right there. Okay, wow, I didn't know that. Okay. All right, so next question. Tell me something you've learned from keeping birds over the whole time. What's the one thing that you've learned that would probably be the most crucial thing? Okay, so something I've learned. All right, so like anything, one thing I probably would have learned, if you want to be a successful breeder and be good at what you do, you have to put the effort in. So what we do here is birds will be fed in early hours of the morning, sometimes 6 a.m., 5.30 a.m., depending on season, summer, winter. 
obviously a bit later in the winter. Um, they're given um, all types of food. Then in the late afternoons, they're given all their live food. So they'll get the uh, white ants, they'll get their mealworms, they'll get their maggots. Um, so it's like anything, isn't it? So if you probably the most valuable thing is is the effort you put in is what you get out of um, breeding the birds. Wow, okay. I did not know that. All right. Let me get to the next question here. Okay. What do you think started keeping your birds overall? Like, the whole entirety of your life, what was the one thing that prompted you to start breeding and getting birds? Okay, so... At a very young age, my father... Um, introduced us into birds. He kept birds. Um, so we basically grew up with birds around us, from racing pigeons, from budgies, show budgies, parrots, um, weekend camping trips, looking for birds. So I guess it was always inevitable that I would, well, one of us in the family, and there's a couple of us, would probably go down the lines of keeping and breeding birds. So... Like I say, at a very young age, I can remember cleaning out my father's pigeon cages or bird cages, uh, parrot cages and things like that. So it started at a very young age um, and it's always something that um, has stuck with me. Wow, okay, cool. Uh, did, you, did you particularly like, what's, what's one of your favourite birds that your father kept? Hmm, okay, so probably the budgies. Um... It was something me and my younger brother did together. Um, was we bred and kept show budgies, and we would travel down to Perth and show the budgies. And we lived out in the Wheat Belt town, mind you, so it was like three hours back in those days, three and a half hours trip one way. And we would come to Perth, show the budgies, go back home. So probably the budgies um, at a younger age. Wow, okay. What's the one piece of advice you would give to a new bird owner? One piece of advice. Okay, so probably now if someone was just getting into birds, the one thing I would say to them is, one, you would buy young birds. Um, try and buy young birds colouring up so that you know that you have bought young birds. Um, ask questions. Ask about the breeders. Um, reputation something that's you know you go to a good reputable breeder um, just and but yeah like I say ask a lot of questions um, try not to jump into a species that is very challenging to start with um, start with something basic and enjoy it enjoy doing and breeding and keeping the birds just a, a couple questions on that uh, how would you say to get in contact with people because surely there's some sort of way you get in contact with other bird breeders would that be like a social media account or something or a Facebook group you could just give us some insight to that yeah okay so um, my generation's not too good with the the computers and things like that but one thing I do enjoy doing is I do look on the on the Facebook sites of the of the finch groups so that's how I've found a lot of um, Breeders on the East Coast um, attend shows so and become a, a, a member of a bird club. So most states um, have got like a, uh, a bird club. So you can basically start there 
you'll meet a lot of people that'll um, be there to help you. Um, so yeah, there's, that's probably the best way is to, is to join your local bird club um, and start from there. Okay, and um, what what if you were going to obviously with the finches? Is there a particular bird you would suggest to new people? Like, is there a something that you would personally, if you were going to do birds again, what you would get to start with? If you had to reset your brain, if you had no knowledge, what would be the first finch that you would get? Okay, so the first finch, obviously, with most common finches, people start with the zebra finches. They are just so hardy. Um, They've got a beautiful little sound. They, they breed like flies. Um, no birds just do well on seeds. So you, I believe you've got to give them, you know, grass seeds and, and things like that and sprouted seeds and that. But, but you're more common birds um, and that, that are very hardy. So they're the birds. Um, I would think finches, um, long-tail hex finches, star finches. I think of uh, something I started with, little black heart finches. Um, Goulian finches um, are a bit susceptible to cold weather though. Um, we've bred hundreds and hundreds of Goulian finches over our journey. We don't keep them anymore, but um, we didn't have that trouble. But um, yeah, so just probably more of the common breeds. And one of the reasons I say that is because sometimes it doesn't matter how good of a keeper you are, you will lose birds. Um, so those more common ones are easy to replace. Um, so they're a learning curve, some of the more common species. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, with you saying that you don't, you can't just give them seed and such, obviously a new person who may just keep like three to four finches in maybe a smallish cage or maybe a, a medium-sized cage and maybe an apartment or something, how would you suggest that they go and get the food? Obviously, if they live in a city or something, they can't just go out and pluck a few... Uh, grass seeds from the park because they could be susceptible to getting sprayed. So is there a type of seed that the birds can just sustain themselves with or is there something that you can like buy in the store that they can pretty much just live off and you won't have to go out and collect things if you can't do that? Yeah, so a lot of the in this lot of the cities um, obviously got pet shops. So you've got to familiarise yourself where your local pet shop is because um, I've found over the journey that if you've got a good pet shop or um, that you can go in and buy all your products, they normally will keep that. And, and, and one of the companies that we deal with here in WA sometimes will even have sprouted uh, millet seeds that you can buy off them. So, yeah, your local pet shop, they would normally keep... So if you were just keeping a few birds inside, um, yep, duck down to your local pet shop, have a talk with them, and um, they'll set you up. Is there a particular um, brand of seed or feed that you give to the uh, birds? Yeah, so um, favourite brand. Look, we give them a finch mix. Um, it's a common mix uh, that a lot of pet shops have. And then we will have um, white millet, canary, pannikin seed, um, some of the you know French millets. Uh, they're all sort of given little dishes um, along with their with their common finch mix. So um, yeah, what whatever's really seeds are in season and, and you're able to get, they're, they're the ones we tend to use. Okay. 
Uh, well, where do you see yourself in five years? When this cage is all pretty much done, are you going to add any other more things? Are you going to go something really big? Maybe Italy. Are you going to get any more um, species of finch? Is there anything you want to more expand on in your... Um, probably, where do I see myself in five years? Okay. Whew. So, look, we're just, at the moment, finishing off down the other end of the complex. Some, a couple more aviaries and a, a couple more fly-throughs and um, big outdoor bits with uh, shrubs and native grasses and um, seed grasses and things like that. So I would think in five years, I would definitely don't want to be building any more aviaries. Um, I've built cages off and on all my life, so I've probably had enough of that. And finches, look, we probably keep a few of the rarer breeds now. So, um, oh, look, I would just be happy to be able to produce them and keep them well stocked in other people's aviaries and things like that. So... Uh, yeah, that's probably where I would see myself in five years' time. Okay. Um, what about the Australian Agriculture, like Bird Committee? Where do you what, what do you see them in self in? Where do you see them in uh, five years or ten years? Say. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. A tricky question. Where do I see them? Um, uh, look, they need support of like a lot of people or their members and things like that. So I mean, they try really hard. All the all the clubs and people like that. Um, a lot harder over here in Western Australia than the East Coast. On the East Coast, it's very, very big. Bird auctions, bird sales, um, meetings, um, aviary visits, things like that. So um, much harder over here in, in Perth. Um, but look, they, 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 do, they do really well. They try really hard. You know, they have members. So um, I would like to think that they will continue um, because you really do need those types of clubs um to to sort of you know succeed so yeah what how do you think the coronavirus has um positively or negatively affected the kind of bird groups obviously you can't just go out right now pretty much and go and buy certain bird feed things you have to kind of more like live feed you have to kind of rely on growing them and such how do you think it's affected the bird kind of group that you you're in? Um, okay, so yeah, nothing probably really positive has is has come out of the coronavirus as such. But I mean, as in keeping birds is a positive. I, we find we're spending more time with the birds because um, obviously on the weekends, um, you know, we stay at home. Um, so we're finding other things. Uh, that the bo the birds enjoy to eat, to do. Um, we can keep on top of things. Um, if nests need restocking or um, there's something, you know, that needs doing and you think, oh, well, I'll do that next week or the week after. Well, that's one thing um, that we've found. Um, a negative to it would be, um, oh, I guess just like you say, you know, going out and... Um, Enjoying other people's birds, meeting other people that keep finches or any types of birds. Um, but look, it won't last forever, and I'm sure once it's all over with, um, the finch breeding, bird breeding will be back bigger than better. Wow, okay. Uh, just another, another question. If you were ever going to start up, say you had a country and 
you had your own bird population and whatnot. How would you see yourself setting up your own kind of bird group? Like, if you had a opportunity to make a new bird group, how would you go about doing that? And what would what would we more focus on? Say, if you were gonna if you had a thing and you were gonna make a bird group, what kind of species would you more so focus on? Obviously, you like the finches here. But you do keep a couple of the other birds, more of the parrots, like the scarlets and the narethas and things like that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure really. Um, if you were setting up a bird group, you like you need a lot of people that um, it's all voluntary. So yeah, there's a lot of things that get involved or are involved in setting up bird clubs and things like that. You need you know presidents, secretaries, treasurers, committee people. You need a lot of dedicated people to do this sort of thing. Um, most of the ones that are set up don't just target finches. Um, a lot of them bird clubs out there. You can you can keep all sorts of species. So um, yeah, look, if I was setting up something, you would you've got to find the right people. That's the most crucial thing of all. You have to have the right people involved for it to be successful. There's a lot, a lot of hours go into it. Um, and like I say, it's all voluntary. People don't get paid for those sort of things. So you would obviously need to target the right people. Last question. If What was the worst possible experience that you've had in, I guess, the bird group? Like, have you ever been ripped off with anything? Have you ever sold a bird that you kind of wanted to get back? Is there any sort of negative, I guess, things that's happened to you in your years of keeping birds? Um, well, unfortunately, yeah, there's always someone out there that's going to rip you off, and, and that I'd be lying if um, I haven't said I have... That, that hasn't happened to me. Um, it has happened. It's sad that these things happen. Um, look, um, some of the worst things, I guess, is losing your birds. Like I say, it doesn't matter. Even the best um, keepers will lose birds. Um, we had an incident here a couple of years ago that we'd bred some rarer birds um, and... Probably more my fault than anything. I moved them at the wrong time um, and we lost um, up to seven of the birds. So that was pretty hard to take. Um, but look, it's uh, a learning curve. You learn. It's not a nice way to learn. Um, but you do learn these things. So, yeah. But you try not hang on to it for too long. Um, just try and move forward and learn from your mistakes. Wow, okay, so thank you for coming on the show, Birdman Dad. It's really good to come and talk with you. I'm sure you'll be back for another episode soon. Maybe we'll even get another guest on and you can talk about things about that. If you guys want to come and uh, try and get in contact with us, if you want to come and do an interview, our Instagram is birdman, all one word, underscore dad, and the YouTube is birdman, all one word, then space, dad. If you guys also want to reach out to us, we have an email at GooseManKai, so Goose spelled G-O-S-S-E, and um, at gmail.com.au. So, yeah, so thank you for coming on uh, Birdcast, the only podcast filmed inside a live Avery. All right, thank you for watching, everyone.